Chapter Twenty Two of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Reception of the Visitor. While preparing matter for the first number of the Visitor, I had time to think that so far as any organization was concerned, I stood alone. I could not work with Garrison on the ground that the Constitution was pro-slavery for i had abandoned that in eighteen thirty two when our church split on it and i went with the new school who held that it was then anti-slavery the covenanters before it was adopted denounced it as a covenant with death and an agreement with hell i had long ago become familiar with the arguments on that side and i concluded that they were fallacious and could not go back to them even for a welcome into the abolition ranks the political action wing of the anti-slavery party had given formal notice that no woman need apply for a place among them true there was a large minority who dissented from this action but there was division enough without my furnishing a cause for contention so i took pains to make it understood that i belonged to no party i was fighting slavery on the frontier plan of indian warfare where every man is captain lieutenants all the corporals and privates of his company i was like the israelites in the days when there was no king and every man did that which was right in his own eyes it seemed good unto me to support james g burney for president and to promulgate the principles of the platform on which he stood in the last election this i would do and no man had the right or power to stop me my paper was a six-column weekly with a small roman letterhead my motto speak unto the children of israel that they go forward the names of my candidates at the head of the editorial column and the platform inserted as standing matter it was quite an insignificant-looking sheet but no sooner did the american eagle catch sight of it than he swooned and fell off his perch democratic roosters straightened out their necks and ran screaming with terror whig coons scampered up trees and barked furiously the world was falling and every one had heard it saw it and felt it it appeared that on some inauspicious morning each one of three-fourths of the secular editors from maine to georgia had gone to his office suspecting nothing when from some corner of his exchange list there sprang upon him such a horror as he had little thought to see a woman had started a political paper a woman could he believe his eyes a woman instantly he sprang to his feet and clutched his pantaloons shouted to the assistant editor when he too read and grasped frantically at his casimirs called to the reporters and pressmen and typos and devils who all rushed in heard the news seized their nether garments and joined the general chorus my breeches oh my breeches here was a woman resolved to steal their pantaloons their trousers and when these were gone they might cry ye have taken away my gods and what have i more the imminence of the peril called for prompt action and with one accord they shouted on to the breach in defence of our breeches repel the invader or fill the trenches with our noble dead 
that woman shall not have my pantaloons cried the editor of the big city daily nor my pantaloons said the editor of the dignified weekly nor my pantaloons said he who issued manifestos but once a month nor mine nor mine nor mine chimed in the small fry of the country towns even the religious press could not get past the tail or shop and pantaloons was the watchword all along the line george d prentice took up the cry and gave the world a two-third column leader on it stating explicitly she is a man all but the pantaloons i wrote to him asking a copy of the article but received no answer when i replied in rhyme to suit his case perhaps you have been busy horse-whipping sal or lizzie stealing some poor man's baby selling its mother maybe you say and you are witty that i and tis a pity of manhood lack but dress but you lack manliness a body clean and new a soul within it too nature must change her plan ere you can be a man this turned the tide of battle one editor said brother george beware of sister jane another prentice has found his match he made no reply and it was not long until i thought the pantaloon argument was dropped forever there was however a bright side to the reception of the visitor horace greeley gave it respectful recognition so did n p willis and general morris in the home journal henry peterson's saturday evening post Gotti's ladies book graham's and sargent's magazines and the anti-slavery papers one and all gave it pleasant greeting while there were other editors who did not in view of this innovation forget that they were american gentlemen there were some saucy notices from john smith editor of the great west a large literary sheet published in cincinnati after john and i had pelted each other with paragraphs a private letter told me that she who had then won a large reputation as john smith was celia who afterwards became my very dear friend until the end of her lovely life and who died the widow of another dear friend william h burley in the second number of the visitor james h mcclelland as secretary of the county convention published its report and contributed an able article thus recognizing it as the much-needed county organ of the liberty party End of chapter twenty two